Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's Robin here. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. Okay, moms, this one's for you. I know you're tired. I know you're tired. I know you're burnt out. And I know that when we become moms, we kind of lose our way. You know, I think about the way I was before I had kids and I was working out and I was making sure to take in nature and enjoy beautiful meals and friends and blah, blah, blah. And then you have kids and all of a sudden I became a hermit and hardly went out. Then you had COVID in all those kinds of things. But I have somebody wonderful here who's going to help us get back to ourselves and also acknowledge that sometimes we are a hot mess and that's okay too. So I want to welcome Caitlin Soule. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also a mom to three under the age of seven. I just want to point that out. Uh, And she just wrote a book called A Little Less of a Hot Mess, The Modern Mom's Guide to Growth and Evolution. Oh, welcome. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to talk to you. Thanks. I'm so glad to be on. I love your show. I love your podcast. Um, Thank you. The only thing about that title that I wish I could change is that I wish it said the modern mom's guide ish to growth and evolution. Cause I think there's so much ish that we need to lean into. Right. <laughs> I agree. There is a lot of ish, right? Yeah. There is like, I'll be on time ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind right? of a hot mess ish. Like yeah. I don't, I don't want to own that all the time, but I can be. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. I do self-care ish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I, I love what you're talking about, which is why you're here. And I know that the message that you have for moms listening is so important. And what I wanted to start by saying, I think a lot of this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it 
is about just accepting what is like accepting where we are in this moment. You know, when I look back at my younger mom self, and I've been a mom for almost 17 years, which just blows my mind. I got to tell you, you know, I can, I want to hug her and I want to say, it's okay, because one day you will be able to go out again. And one day you will be able to, you know, sleep in, you know, um, and, and many, many, many other things. Right. Um, but I think it's about accepting what is in this moment and knowing that it's temporary. Right. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even for me right now, my oldest is about to turn eight and how our life looks now with an almost eight-year-old, a six-year-old and a four-year-old is so different than how it looked just a year ago, two years ago. And I feel the same, Robin, like I want to go back to my, you know, postpartum self and just be like, it's okay. And postpartum, you know, was a long time when you have babies that close together and just like, stop trying so hard to make things perfect. And I know it's easier to say that when you're out of it than when you're in it, it's easier to recognize now that I look back. So yeah, I think extending grace for ourselves and the period of life we're in is one of the biggest, it's it's kind of like one of, it's the point for me is why I'm doing, you know, why I write this book, why I do the work Mm -hmm. I do. I really want women to both be able to work on themselves and give themselves permission to, to engage in imperfect personal growth and give themselves grace when it doesn't go the way that they think it should. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Grace is huge. And look, maybe one week you nailed self-care, whatever that means. And it's such a buzzword. And I, and I feel, I feel people starting to resent it, you know, but self-care isn't girls night. It isn't going to the spa. Self-care is saying no to that one play date. You just can't even saying no to the, the, the annoying neighborhood kid that you just don't want in your house. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm with you on changing that. That is, I am so cautious around using the word self-care, but then I realize it's, it's not because self-care inherently is wrong or bad. It's the meaning that we've assigned self-care and that culture has assigned self-care that I think is problematic, like the green smoothie, which are great. Right. Um, but like those things alone, the five minute walk down the street, it's not going to actually help us. Um, or, you know, it's not really sustainable and that it like makes our life so much better. If we just do that one little walk a day, sure. That helps. I call those mini mental health breaks, but those aren't kind of at the end of the day, what, what are going to make us feel whole. So if that doesn't make us feel whole is what makes us feel whole, the story we tell ourselves, the narrative that we have, is that what that is? Cause you talk about rewriting your narrative, which yeah. I'm guessing is the voice inside your head is, as the way you yeah. say, cause we all have, it's all crazy town inside everybody's heads. Mine included. Mine yes. I tell yeah. this all the time, just because I'm a therapist definitely does not mean that I, that I have it, you know, all straight. And I struggle with so many of the same things that I struggle with all the same things that moms do and women do. Mm-hmm. So changing, rewriting the narrative is you're right. It's about, um, really taking the time in our life to take a, uh, to examine what it is that we've come to believe about ourselves, um, about ourselves and about the world really. And Mm -hmm. the way that we form those beliefs. And I talk about it a lot in my book, um, is, is really through the things that we've been told from culture and society, from our family of origin, um, you know, things that we saw modeled as we were young, a lot of those stories, as we know, are written in our childhood, in our early years, and we just don't know any different. So we go on to believe them. And then we become moms, right? And 
we love these beings more than we could ever imagine. And we just think that we should do things the way that maybe society tells us to, or our mom did. And sometimes those messages are fine. But other times when we find ourselves feeling anxious, burnt out, alone, depressed, like that's our cue that something's off, right? Mm -hmm. That those stories that we're telling ourselves about our role as mom in this case are oftentimes not matching up with what it is that we truly value. And so that's what I ask women to do is take a look at what is the story you're telling yourself. And for me, I'll give an example. One of the stories I told myself early, told myself early on in motherhood was that I had to be the one to do it all. Like I had to be super mom and that it wasn't going to be as good if anybody else did it, which really surprised me because I never thought I was perfectionistic <laughs> until I became, right? a mom. I think yeah. that, you know, in hindsight was probably some postpartum anxiety, but I really had thought that like I needed to do it all. And I love my mom to death, but if I'm really honest, that is my mom to a T and she did do it all and she still tries to do it all. And so I was really adopting that narrative. It wasn't working for me. And I, a long story short, I tell a lot of these stories in the book and I also, um, write about it a lot, but I figured out that I was just abandoning myself and I had nothing left to give. I started doing my own therapy work and my own personal growth work imperfectly. Right. And realized that, okay, something has to change. So that's what I mean by rewriting the narrative is what can I tell myself or what can you tell yourself? That's, that's more balanced and helpful and true. Um, what do you need to get rid of? That's no longer serving you. You know, it, it is so true. And one of the things that I like to add in, because here's the thing, when, when I was first a mom, I, I had beliefs about myself. Like I screwed up my kids that, you know, I guess I'm not cut out for this is, you know, what I told myself. And what really made me want to change is looking at the cost that it had, you know, like what is the cost for having that? Because I didn't want to let it go. Cause I knew, I felt, I was going to say, I knew maybe, you knew, maybe I knew, maybe I didn't that that was the truth, but, but it's not the truth because your mind has thoughts all the time. And those aren't facts. Right. And a lot of that, like you said, is pre-programmed from the messages you get in society, from the, uh, the way you were brought up, the, the labels that were attached to you. And unfortunately we can speak 125 words of a minute, but we think 10 times as fast. And that's actually programming in your subconscious that creates a neural pathway. So as soon as those feelings rise up in you that you say are, you know, like the awakening, the call to action to really examine, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of stuck because your thoughts are ingrained. Yes. And so we've got to work to rewire the brain. And again, what is it costing you? For me, it costs me my joy, my happiness, my connection. It cost me everything. And I was not willing, you know, I was not willing to give everything up because that's not the person who I am or who I believe that I am. Yeah. So I really resonate with that. And I think that anybody listening right now, we have a narrative, right? We have limiting beliefs, if you want to call them that. We have uh, we have destructive thoughts. We have these, you know, uh, the story that I'm telling myself is this. And I love I love prefacing everything with that. Like the story I'm telling myself is this, you know, mm -hmm. that's a Brene Brown thing that at least I give her credit for that when I speak I about it. it. Yeah, I love you know, Brene Brown, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what is it costing me? And then what can I change it to? Right. 
What yes. can I change it to? And it can start and, and tell me how, how you sort of guide people through this process, because the way I see it is I'm learning to accept myself could be the way it starts. It doesn't have to be like, I accept myself because that might not feel true for you. Right. So how do you do it? What, what does it sound like with your, I love what you're saying, with? Robin, because I think so often, especially when I'm sitting with clients in the therapy room or just having conversations, even outside of the therapy room and life, people are like, yeah, that all sounds good. But like, I don't know if I could actually believe that about myself. Yeah. And what I tell them is that's because usually the thought you're trying to tell yourself is actually, it's too Pollyanna. It's too positive. It's too idealistic. We don't want that. We want like what you're saying, which is more balance. That's why in cognitive behavioral therapy, we call it balanced thinking, not positive thinking. So it's like, I love that. I'm learning to tell myself these new things. I'm learning to accept myself for the good, the bad, the in-between I'm learning that if I, you know, lose my head and I yell at my kids, I can repair. Right. And so I think that is a really great way uh, to go about it. And I also tell my, my people, my clients that it's a, it's a practice. It's, I know it sounds like cliche, but it's cause it's true. It's not something that like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell myself that. And then suddenly my life is going to change. Right. It's something that we have to do over and over again until we start to actually believe it a little bit more. And I'll tell you, there's days that I believe some things and days that I'm like, nope, that's just not true for me today. I need to actually then think something else. I need to redefine that thought for myself today. Well, and, and let's be honest, how committed are we to the negative, to the, the narrative that doesn't serve us? Let's be as committed actually more committed to the one that does serve us that lets us feel okay i i can do this yes. right and again this is about the brain we want to we it's use it or lose it we want to rewire the brain so that it 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 goes to the positive thought not the old thought right? Yeah. Not the one that, that is hurting you. Yeah. And we do that through repetition, right? I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. And I tell my clients, like, look, program it in your phone, right? Mm-hmm. Put it on a post-it note, you know, like it's, it, yeah. you got to do it. You got to do it. So I love everything that you're saying. So let's talk about values because mm-hmm. you really love to help women and moms determine what their values are as a way to sort of navigate the world as their internal compass. And I really love yeah. this. And I don't think it's something that we really think about. So I want to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think of values really as kind of our, our North star, the place that we want to head. But first, before we can kind of really talk about that, we have to give ourselves the space to think about what our values are now, because those are going to look really different, maybe not really different, but they might be different than when we were in our twenties or when we were a kid, right. Or even just a couple of years before we had kids, whatever, everything changes with kids. So we want to give ourselves the time and space to think about what it is that we value. There's lots of different ways. I'm sure you talk to your clients about how to do this and gosh, you could Google values exercises. There's 5 million, right. But what I like to say is think of somebody in your life that you admire, whether it's a real person, like so somebody in your life or somebody that's a, um, a celebrity, not a celebrity, but somebody that isn't in your real life, but somebody that you really look up to and think about what qualities they possess. And then what do you imagine their value system is? You know, we can't, we can't know what somebody else's value system is, but we can look at how they are in the world and imagine what their value system is. So I think first step is giving yourself the space to do some exploration work on what it is your values are getting rid of 
you know, what you thought your value should be, should plays a big part in this, right? We have the oh, shoulds. I love <laughs> so that you said that. Yeah. And I love your story about when you were first, you know, when the kids were little and you were realizing you were like, well, you know, I don't, this isn't who I am. Well, what, what you were recognizing is the way you were acting wasn't lining up with your true values. And so you gave yourself, I'm sure that space to explore what those are. So we got to think about what they are now, not what we think they should be, and then get really mm. committed to letting those things be at the forefront of our actions. And again, I'm going to be on repeat on this because it's true. We're not going to do it perfectly, especially at first. I love it. Yeah. And don't, just because it isn't perfect, don't stop. Right. It's still important to do. And you're doing this because values make you happier. They also are a filter through which you can say yes and no to things Yeah, and feel good about it. Like, no, you know what? That doesn't fit my values. I won't do that. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. That, that is integrity. If you ask me, you know, you create boundaries. And so I think that, but we don't often make that link is that once we have our value system in place, again, it can be fluid. We're gonna, be able to feel stronger and setting boundaries in our relationships, in our work life, in our family life, because we know where, you know, where our North star is. And so our boundaries are going to be serving us to head towards, towards our values. So what are examples of some values that you're, that you work with, with your clients, maybe your own values, or just, just, I'd love to hear some, just to give people some ideas. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll share with you kind of, I've, I've done a lot of this work in the last couple of years. Um, and I always come back to these top three values for myself. Cause anyone who's done values exercises knows you start with like 50 and then you go down to 20 and then you go to 10 and five. It's yeah. hard. So yeah. I, I, for me, it's, um, oh, oh wait, hold on. I have to say this. Let's take family out of the, let's just assume let's family's a freebie, right? Family and love are freebies. We know that we value those things. I think at least, right? So for me, I, I always feel like I should put those on the top three, but those are just going to be there. And then after that, it's creativity, freedom, and joy. And those things for me come in lots of different ways, but I, I'm an Enneagram seven. I don't know if you, if y'all are in an Enneagram, but definitely that makes sense. Creativity, freedom, and joy. And those things, um, whether it's in my personal life, my work life, or my family life are really at the forefront Um, Some other idea or some other examples of values could be um, like social justice, community, um, giving, like, you know, giving any, like giving back, I guess that would be um, giving, what else could it be? Health. I kind of assume that health is at the forefront of a lot of our values, but that's not necessarily true. People Mm -hmm. who are really in, you know, the sphere of health and fitness, that definitely would be the top three, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the most, um, one of the best tips I ever got about determining values is if you actually get to do a values exercise, and again, you can find them everywhere. Um, I have a couple in my book too, is that you could actually eliminate the ones that are similar. Like I think for instance, like to me, creativity and fun are really similar because I have fun being creative. Right. And so a lot of people get hung up on like, which one is it? And I'm like, you know what, if something's similar, like X out the other one. So I think it's really, um, it's really interesting to, to do this work. It's not something we do every day or not something to do in school. That's for sure. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's like, you're only, you only do it when you're forced into a work workshop. That's when you do it. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Or because 
your life is falling apart and you're doing it with you in In therapy. therapy. Yeah. 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 So let's proactively do it. So we don't have that. And, and so then I would imagine that you, you kind of pick, you know, like connection would be number one for me. For me, that means, you know, that is family, but it, it does mean connection with you know, my kids, my husband, my friends, you know, connection with my clients, um, you know, that, you know, authenticity is also, you know, their fun is definitely there, but, but then I think, and, and, and I'm asking, I see all those things in the way that you present yourself in this conversation, even like the authenticity, the fun, like the personality, the bubbliness. Um, I love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Uh, so, but, but then would we have to then, um, define what that means? Because if there are some of those groupings that are like creativity and fun, you sort of mean the same, then you would sort of say, okay, so creativity is my value. And then the determination means that I seek activities and experiences that bring me wholehearted joys or fun. I don't know. I don't know. I I was inelegant. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's what I mean is that we sometimes get really stuck on the, like, well, what if I, how do I pick fun over creativity or what do I choose? And it's like, you know, you can define what the value means for you. Like there's no, like there's sure there's a definition to the word and like the Webster dictionary, but you can define what it actually means. And so I think it's really cool to even get clear on that. Like, right. If you write down creativity right under it, like what actually does that mean to you? You know? And for Mm -hmm. me, that, that encompasses my writing work that encompasses my work with clients Mm -hmm. that encompasses creating um, workshops, things like that. So I think, I think it can, you just have to define it for yourself. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. And and I love that you said no should, because it's not about what your mom's values were or what you think your values should be or what the people around you have. It is personal to you. You don't need to share it with anybody else if you don't want to. Um, But I would say like, you want this to be a daily practice. So do you, do you invite, uh, and practice means not perfect, right? right? Let's just be clear just for everybody. Cause I know how everybody is right. Like yes. I'm not gonna do yeah. perfect. this is not another item on your to-do list. This is empowering. This is, this is something to help you be more happy and more empowered in your life. So do you put it on a list somewhere so that you see it and connect with it every day? Or like, how do you remember it? Because it's easy to forget when you have three kids under the age yeah. of seven, yeah. you know, I'm pointing <laughs> at you right now. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could show you over here. I have a bunch of post-it notes up against my wall. Um, and I just, I have my top three values on a post-it note and I put them there just so I can, I'm in this office most frequently. And it's kind of like my space in my house. You know, my husband thinks it's his too, but he's never in here. And so, um, I just get reminded of those things on the daily. Again, it doesn't mean that each day I'm like, um, you know, Oh, I'm doing these things perfectly. I'm always incorporating creativity, but I am making sure that when I and making a choice between a couple things or having to choose that I can look back to those values to help me make my choice or set a boundary. And a lot of times for me, it's setting the boundary for myself. Like, no, I'm not going to say yes to that thing today. I'm going to instead, you know, today um, I had to run around for preschool drop-offs and I really needed to get some exercise in before you and I met. Otherwise the rest of the day, I just wouldn't feel as good. So I was like, I'm going to show up in this outfit today and not dress nice, even though I'm going to be on video because I am honoring my value of, mm. you know, whatever that is for me. I really think that plays into my joy because I don't feel good when I don't get movement in. So good for you. we can do to actually honor our values each day. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's really great. That's really great. Can you show us the post-it notes? Oh yeah. I can show we you are on YouTube it. for those of you. Oh, I love it. Oh, and <laughs> look at those beautiful babies there too. That's oh, great. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I, I also have like a little bit of ADD brain. So post-it notes actually really work well for me because you just stick them up there. You don't need some fancy system. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I have post-it notes. I have three screens in front of me and I have post-it notes on the, the two. Oh, wow. I so. love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Sometimes I read them. Sometimes I don't, but it right. is all you about they're there. That's what matters. They're there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want to change gears a little bit because one of the things that you talk about and one of the benefits of having these values is that often we're choosing fear. Mm. instead of sort of that positive or empowering value. And I, my goodness, there's so much fear in parenting. I mean, let's be honest, right? I think that unfortunately we really do parent from fear because we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. And we're worried today about what's going to happen tomorrow Yes. And really we're missing out on what's really happening today, because if what we do today, if we respond and react in honoring who our child is today, it ensures their well-being for the future, you know, and, and I've been a mom for 17 years. I can see that now. And, uh, it, it, look, it, and it still isn't perfect. Right. But that is one of my messages to the parents that I work with. I call it future parenting. Like mm -hmm. don't parent into the future, just parent right the second, right now. Don't say like, I got to nip this in the bud now, or my kid's going to be a jerk or right. selfish or ungrateful, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. All those labels, right? Yeah. You don't need to do that. So, so I just, uh, what, how do you see that? And, and what does that mean for you when you talk about fear in motherhood? Choosing values over fear. Yeah. yeah. So. I think it's exactly what you're, what you're saying in a lot of ways. I mean, I think choosing, you know, sometimes choosing, I'll, I'll kind of do the reverse. Like sometimes yeah. choosing our fear instead of our value looks like doing what we think we should do mm. coming back to the should instead of what we know intuitively or like what's in our heart to do. And that can look like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example off, off the top of my brain. I like to use examples from my real life. So mm. maybe it's that I think my, three-year-old when he, you know, should, should not come into my bed in the middle of the night, because that's not what the parenting book told me, right. That's yeah. not what, you know, the sleep trainers tell me. Um, but if I pull back for a second and I recognize that he is like, you're saying he's only three once that he is mostly sleeping in his bed, you know, through the night. And that maybe he just needs a little extra love and care right now. And I'm just choosing that value of connection or whatever it might be for you over my fear of screwing up my kid, then I'm honoring myself and I'm honoring my child at the same time, you know, or if I choose my fear that, you know, if my child's into, you know, some strange hobby that doesn't fit in line with, or some, I should say different hobby that doesn't fit in line with what I thought they would be into, you know, they're not doing soccer, but instead maybe they're into like knitting. Um, and I'm thinking that I should have them play soccer. Then I'm not really honoring my value of connection either. Right. Because I'm immediately separating myself from my child by choosing my fear. Oh, they're going to be, you know, maybe the fear voice tells you they're going to be that weird kid. They're not going to have friends. Again, hmm. come back to what's within our heart instead of what those voices tell us we should prioritize or care about. 
Yeah. And I think that's the ongoing kind of conversation in your head too, because you don't know, but that's why it's okay to talk to somebody else, right? That's why it's helpful to have somebody like you in your corner, somebody like me in your corner, because I can say to you, you know, my little one used to come into my bed almost every night and I love cuddles. So to me, I didn't mind it. I didn't stress out about it. It did make me lose some sleep because I, you know, I love being with him. I wanted to like take in, like, you know, smell him and love him and hug him and touch him and all that kind of great stuff. Right. But I can tell you at 14 years old, he does not come in my bed anymore. He's as big as me. Uh, and it, it has not hurt him in any way, shape or form. We have connection, but again, it is about your values too. If your value is that you do want to, you know, you absolutely have to have a good night's sleep, then we work on it. Right. You know, and and I say to parents, like when, when they say, okay, I got to get my kid out of my bed. Okay. Well, first of all, why do you say that? Is it, do you mind it? you know, cause you might, you might not let's find out what matters to you first. And then we can talk about keeping them or kicking right, them out. Right. right. Cause we can fix whatever. It just depends whether or not it matters to you. you have the why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so let's just, let's just talk about it first because you might've gotten the idea that you should not, or you should do right. this or that. Right. Some parents think they should have their kids in their back. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Goodness, is it ever confusing? You look at one expert, they say one thing, another expert, they say something else. My philosophy is what what works for you and know that it's not forever. And most things are temporary. I think that is the most beautiful thing is that ability. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And so same with sports, same with soccer, same, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And you know, I, I had a son who, my oldest son, he played soccer. He loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, was so good at it. There was nothing like, it was so exciting for me to watch him. Every time he scored yeah. a goal, he'd run with his arms back and Love so that. excited. He looked amazing. And then he had a devastating knee injury. There's mm-hmm. no more soccer. There's no more oh. soccer. So, you know, and, and I just want to say one more thing too. I remember this one mom, I will never forget this moment. Our kids were five. They were in hockey one, right. Which is like the, you know, H one right. and uh, the, 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 the very lowest entry point that you can put your kids in hockey here. And uh, she said, well, you can really tell the difference between kids that have done uh, done spring hockey versus the kids that don't. I'm like, oh my goodness, they are five and six years old. Oh, like, what yeah. do you like? Uh, I'm pretty sure we can't predict if your kid's going to the show. Like, I can't. Right. I, like, I think the same thing. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, you're down, mama. You know, yeah. like, but that's like, I got to make sure my kid's okay. I got to make that's sure my fair. kid's best. I got to yeah. make sure, you know, that he has as many opportunities as possible. And that's beautiful understand where you're coming from though. Don't you think yes. are you coming from fear? Are you coming from, I want to just give him as many opportunities as possible. Right. Right. And, and constantly checking in on that. Right. Yeah, because yeah. value is to give him as many opportunities as possible. That's wonderful. But sometimes fear might pop up and say, Oh, you're not doing enough, do more. And then you have to go, wait a minute. You know, what other, what else do I value? I value you know, my, my connection and relationship with my child. So sometimes we have competing values. That's a whole nother, you know, mm-hmm. topic, but I think this idea of making sure that, and again, it's not a perfect balance. It's more like a, sometimes it's over here and sometimes it's over here, but yeah. I think the idea is constant doing this kind of frequent check-in with yourself. Um, We don't do that often, right? We're so busy and life moves so fast, but I think if you hear anything today, it's my hope that it's like, 
one, that you're worth it, that, that you're worth the time mm. it takes to oh, check in with yourself it. and two, that it is imperfect and that you get to keep coming back to it. I love it. I love that. That's so helpful. And by the way, comparison is the thief of joy. So don't yeah. start scrolling and feeling worse about yourself because you just don't know what's happening with that family that looks so perfect either. Oh, yes. So we've don't, all seen that, right? Yeah. We, we've all seen it and we've all been it to, to mm-hmm. one degree or another. Right. So yeah. Um, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I now, think my earliest years of, I'll just say real quick in my yeah. postpartum haze of being so exhausted, I posted more pictures in than I ever have, I think of my kids. Cause I was like trying to one, I think, cause I was a little bored. It's like underwhelming and overwhelming at the same time to be a new yeah. two, because I think I was just like trying to prove to myself almost that like everything was okay. You know? Uh, yeah. And that's exactly it. There's so many different motivations for why we do what we do. Yeah. And then when you're an outsider looking in, you make up your own story. So the story I'm telling myself is this family is perfect and has no issues yeah. and that's not serving you because it's making you bummed out. You know, yeah. it's making you feel like your life isn't good enough. Right. So let's yeah. not do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So your book is a little less of a hot mess. I love yeah. it so much. It is the modern mom's guide to growth and evolution and there's an ish in there. It's not about being perfect. Embrace yeah. the ish. Do not think that it has to be perfect because boy, it is not supposed to be. And so you have something so wonderful for our listeners, just for our listeners, which is for the parent toolbox, you have a download of the first chapter of your book. Thank you for that. And by the way, anybody who's not a member of the parent toolbox, it's totally free. It's www.parent-toolbox.com. And we'll have Caitlin's information there where you can see her, how you can, um, how you can find her, all of that. And the download of this first chapter. So tell me what will parents learn in this first chapter? Right. Absolutely. So the first chapter is called you're invited to evolve. And it's really Mm -hmm. about the why behind this work that we're talking about. Um, it's about why we, owe it to ourselves to work on ourselves um, and why we owe it to our children. So the whole idea is that when we work on ourselves, we don't just improve our own lives, but we, you know, improve the Mm. life of our children and everyone at our work, everything that we touch. And so it also talks about the narratives that we've been told that sometimes keep us from giving ourselves that Mm. permission to evolve. And so it's really an intro into like I, I want women to have a foundation as to like, why am I doing this and what is it going to give me in return? So that first chapter is really all about kind of taking a look at what we've heard about personal growth that sometimes isn't helpful. And it's a little bit like too out there or too idealistic and how I encourage women to impro- approach it instead, which is this process of imperfect growth and evolution. So chapter one's all about that. I do want to add, I also have a book club that I'm starting in the spring. So I, so if you wanted to join my book club, you guys can find that all on my website. Um, and it's just well notes, well notes for her.com. Awesome. Okay. That's great. And you know, I really love that. And, and, and I heard you say that I heard you say this and I want to repeat it that you owe it to yourself. Yes. You deserve to take this time. You deserve to take this time, claim the time, right? Claim the time because you set the tone for your family. You set the tone for your own life, but most importantly, if mom's not okay, nobody's okay. Right. Same with that. If Ted's not okay, 
nobody's okay. It takes a toll on us all. And if you don't take the time now, you're going to have to take it later, whether you like it or not. Right. So take the time proactively, you know, uh, because whatever it's costing you now, it's going to cost you even more. And maybe it doesn't just cost you your mental health, your well-being. It costs you lots of money. Maybe there's, you know, there could be a divorce. There could be, you know, a child who's not well, who need, you know, it could morph into other things. So let's keep our eye on the ball because life is for life is important and we want the best that we can. And of course there are moments where it sucks and it's hard and it's okay. You just want to accept what is and know that this is temporary. So thank you so much for sharing everything. Again, the book is a little less of a hot mess. Love it. Kind of yes. little, kinda, I love it. Rhymes a little it bit definitely too. definitely like fits into my life because I'm always a little bit of a hot mess. So I'm always on a mission to be a little less of a hot mess. So that's kind of yeah. where it came from. <laughs> but no judgment, right? Okay. So yeah. a hot mess today, big deal, you know, yeah. like that's life. Yeah give yourself permission to show up as who you are. Don't yes. wear makeup. Don't do, do your hair. Yeah. If you just can't even, it's right on. okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> do what you got to do. It's all yeah. good. Okay. Thank you so much. All of your details are in the show notes. And of course your website is wellnotesforher.com. Yes. Thank you so much, Robin. It was a joy to be on. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.